Thank you, Kodak. Thank you, Kodak. Very cool. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hooks, Lines, and Hip Hop. I'm Akeem. Jacob. Thank you guys um, so much for joining us. Is it a coincidence that the cover art's kind of orange? Now, Jake, I really like where you're going with this. Bad man. I really Bad like man. that. Bad Kodak, man. Kodak is a, let me tell you something. He was a Republican. Last time, <laughs> was, he, keyword, he was, was a Republican. <laughs> Till he got out of prison. <laughs> Back to his old ways. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. I'm Akeem. Jacob. Sweet. Um, <clears throat> Jake, what's your fact? Today. Oh, I gotta, I gotta go straight to the source. Go to the books. It still blows my mind that we had this book in the podcast room the whole time we've been doing this. Like literally the since the all infancy. The times, all the times I forget to look up a, a a fact till the very last second, and Jake looks at me and goes, "What's your fact?" And I go, uh. Uh, <laughs> "All right." Trigger warning: The Earth is not round. Shit. It is an oblate spheroid meaning it is flattened at the poles and bulging at the equator, Shit. much like myself. You're one of those. <laughs> He's one of those Not obladers. Really yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, to, turns out you're both wrong. Or it's not flat and it's not round either. That's right. It's We're not. the only informed ones here at Hooks, Lines, and Hip Hop. And you will stay informed if you keep listening to us. Kermit the Frog is left-handed. No. And a racist. <laughs> Listen, I did not know that, but I was going to say, just like me, I'm left-handed. I'm left-handed. We're all left-handed. Shit, dude. Yeah. Hooks, Lines, and Hip-Hop is the only podcast with two left-handed hosts. That's right. That's rare. Maybe that's why we fumble sometimes and have to cut some stuff out. Because we live in a right-hand world. That's right. That's right. All right, that's the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Goodbye. (laughs) Was it, like, when you got, how many people in your family are left-handed? Are you, like, the only one? Because I I was the only one. Okay, well, I was the only one in my immediate family. Yeah. And, like, I would always be the one to, like, you have to eat on or sit on the inside of the booth because you're left-handed. Like, be bumping into everybody. Like, if I sat on their right, I'd be bumping them so they'd make me go to the left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. And even at school, you know, we would sit on those. Yeah, those right-handed desks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'd have to, like, that's why, that's why I got back problems. Because <laughs> you had the twist to the City of Greenville. And you know binders, dude? Binders are the worst because have, you can't write, like, in the, you have to take the paper out, put it back in. We have in. a book at work where we check out clients mm-hmm. uh, and yeah I gotta I take it out of the book every time so you can't it's annoying can contort dude. my wrist like that it's annoying I've seen left-handed binders on Amazon and I, I want to get one so bad yeah just, but wouldn't you have to, to get left-handed paper paper well I guess it would just be kind of backwards like a um, like a manga or something you know yeah but it's all good it's all good how you been? What you been up to this week? Oh, not too much. Um, but we're just getting more settled and more settled as the days go. In the hidey hole. Yeah. Re- recording session number We've, two. Yes, we finished three. This is the third. Third episode, second recording yeah. session. Oh, yeah, true, true. That's what I was... Uh, finished the soundproofing today because I ran a little short. It looks good. I I I like the... This one is... This is nice because it like kind of comes into a little... It's like we're in a little cocoon of soundproofing. Yeah, the... ODB's looking at us. Jay-Z's over here. Yeah, I love that sign. That's probably the... Even though it was free, I think it's like the coolest thing that's that I have acquired, like, hip-hop related. I think I've told the story. When I was working at the Moe's, there was a Sprint next door. And I asked the guy, like, man, what do I have to do to get that Jay-Z sign? And he said, hook me up with the free bowl of queso. I said, dude, you got it. <laughs> you like, got two man, bowls. Yeah, you, anything you want. And, and sure enough, he like as when the promo ends, here he comes walking the door with the sign. 
Damn. I love that thing. I, I also like the fact that he dropped it on his birthday, which is very special. 444 is a great album. Yeah. We need to do a Jay-Z Evergreen coming up next, too, for sure. Who was it? I haven't listened to his discography as much as I'd like, I'm ashamed to say. Who was it that just recently kind of accidentally insulted him? Was it Young Thug in an interview said something about Jay-Z? <laughs> Young Thug, dude, Young Thug in interviews, he sounds like a, an absolute narcissist. Like, he's crazy. He, I, I don't... I he's don't not know. on this planet. No. No, I don't think so. Either he shows up too out of his mind or something. I, mean, I remember seeing him on the J. Cole concert, and he was like having to look down and read off the floor what song was coming up next. It was hilarious. Yeah, th- he had like that's terrible. That if if you want to just like, it's still it's still slapped though. Oh, of course. But the epitome of not giving a fuck, I would say, Young mm-hmm. Thug, like the video for <clears throat> that one music video that he did where he didn't show up. Oh, they only yeah. got they Why, only got was pictures. it was it uh, Wyclef Jean? Yep. Yeah. He they got uh, the only. Recordings they got of Young Thug was he was eating hot Cheetos on a, in front of on the plane. Jet. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, that was when he showed up and then left. <clears throat> yep, because his Instagram was hacked. He wouldn't even get he out said, of the car. So he what said. a diva! What a diva! <laughs> but yeah, that I, I don't. I hate to say that that was more exciting than seeing Earl, but hearing Young Thug played Lifestyle in Atlanta, like that's a that's a vibe all in its own. I was gonna say. I think they're both exciting in their own ways. Yeah. Because, like, an Earl concert, it's a very, like, heady concert. You know, it's not something you're, like, going... The Earl one was much more memorable because of how close we were. Right. But Dude, I couldn't hear for a days, day after days. that. <laughs> That's it a cool venue. Yeah. Hopefully, when COVID is settled down, I, I, I like going to the... I think I've seen three shows up there. Two shows, because I saw No Name up there, too. Yeah, that would, that would be a cool show. It's a cool venue if you really like the artist. I think if you're, like, a, a mutual or just a casual fan. In yeah, Asheville. The, if you're a casual fan of the artist, like, being that close could be kind of awkward. Yeah. Like, when I went with Jalen, he didn't really know much of the words. I mean, right. No Name is very underground. Yeah. And it was just the exposure to Chance the Rapper that made me really go see her. Mm-hmm. And... I know he had to have felt awkward because, like, I know he didn't know all the words. I knew most of <laughs> the words. Was she, like, looking at him at the No, I don't think she ever gave him any looks. But it would be, I would be self-conscious if I was, like, in, like, literally the front row standing room, like, almost eye level with the stage. And you're just kind of, like, bobbing your head, like, doing the Jay-Z meme, you know what I'm talking about? I think if you're, as an artist. It's very intimate there. As an artist, you have to assume, like, not everybody's going to know your stuff. And as long as the person was matching the vibe. Of the rest of the people in the room, I'd be cool. There was a video that somebody showed of Jared Leto. You know, he's a fucking diva lunatic. Yeah. But apparently this guy had a 30 Seconds to Mars show. He calls him out. He's like, why aren't you standing up? He's like, look at some, boo this guy. He's not standing up. You're at a fucking 30 Seconds to Mars show. And it's like, will you chill, dude? <laughs> well, Kanye made a handicapped man try to stand up at his own show. Do you remember that? Oh, I he, he tried to get everybody to stand up, and it turns out he was pointing to a handicapped section. Oh, Which, to be fair, if you've ever been on a stage like yeah, he probably can't tell. or anything with those bright lights in your face, you, but <laughs> it's Kanye who optically has said some stupid shit <laughs> regularly. Try to tell a man in a wheelchair stand up. His life is kind of a meme. Anyway. Yeah, right now. I would say Kanye's feeling bad for him. Yeah. Even though a lot of it's self-inflicted. Listen, he's gonna oh. he's gonna pull through. Yeah, we're well, gonna get another my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I hope, so. I hope so. I hope so. Now that we're done rambling, what are mm-hmm. we talking about today? Today we are going to be talking about emo rap and its contributions to the current soundscape. Cut my life into pieces. Dun, dun, 
that says my last resort. Dun, dun. <laughs> we didn't put them on the list. They, Papa, Papa Roach, Roach? On the list. You know who else should be? Limp Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> you know the reason why I'm saying that, though? Uh, because we said Yellow Wolf in a previous episode? They're a young money talent. Also, don't ever forget that, bro. They were young money, cash money, and like, and so was Paris Hilton. You guys really, we really so need to do Busta it. Rhymes. Well, yeah, but Bus, unfortunately. It, he was established before Birdman, let's be fair. Yeah. Uh, also, Birdman probably just said, hey, listen, you want $2 million real quick? And Bus Rhymes like, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just give, sign me half of your masters and I'll give you $2 million. That's probably how it went. Oh. I guess let's just jump right into it. Yeah, we can talk about, so I like what you sort of mentioned, like what bands we should bring up. Yes, because there was definitely, you could tell there is rock, kind of punk rock influence in a lot of these artists that we're going right. to talk about. Um, so who are some of the kind of standout groups or acts that, that kind of come to mind when right. you think about emo so rap? I, I know we made a list, but I'm going to say the ones that for me like are always, I, I hear them in interviews, I hear them in, in sound. Um, Blink-182, obviously because Travis Barker is so involved with Machine Gun Kelly, he helped him make that... Um, Depression High School or well, I'm Too Old so to be many Singing This Song. With, with songs or features with Travis Barker. Right. So I would say Blink-182. But in in particular, that MGK album that came out, yeah. Tickets to My Downfall, mm-hmm. it was, um, it was, I mean, he pretty much was doing like a Blink-182 tribute on that yeah. on that project. And um, uh, uh, Trippy Red's Neon Shark. Yeah, it was that that deluxe part was produced with Travis Barker? Which honestly, it was way better than Pegasus. Even though I didn't care for it as much, I think it was better. It was more organized than Pegasus. Yeah, and that may have been some of the outside help. Of, well, I of think Travis, Travis Barker. Barker being that cohe that glue. Yeah, and out. it was all on one sound. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very full, I guess. Yeah, but I think Blink One Eighty Two is one of the biggest influences right now. And then, honestly, Linkin Park. Yeah. But that's mainly for lyrical content. I think the sound is not as much. Because they were like rap rock mm-hmm. more so than punk, you know? And I think right now that post-punk in the 90s is really the sound that everyone's trying to do. Yeah. Another one that you mentioned uh, pre-air was Good Charlotte, which they actually played a tribute. They did Awful Things, a live stream at Lil Peep's funeral. Uh, I don't know if they were touring or something. They didn't make the actual funeral, but they like swapped over to a live stream and they played his song "Awful Things" uh, because Peep was very well documented as saying that Good Charlotte was a big influence of him. I I also wasn't as familiar with Good Charlotte. I think if that's really cool. Casual though. fans, I think, know uh, the anthem that's mm-hmm. been in like every two thousands movie. <laughs> right, right. Um, that's really cool. I didn't know that about Lil Peep's funeral. Uh, I th- I think Lil Peep, Lil Peep. There's and, a there's an album quality version of that too. If you look up Awful Things, Good Charlotte, it's on iTunes, Apple Music, wherever. Okay. You listen to music at. Very good. Thank you for the plug. Um, I think also another group that we put on the list. Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy, and I think Pete Wentz's whole like that attitude of Fallout Boy mm-hmm. is what I think a lot of these rappers like Juice World and Peep kind of took. Uzi for sure. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, My Chemical Romance is when we talked about uh, Coldplay, especially with the the song Yellow and its relation to Juice World. Uh, that was the one that he got the Yellow card. Yellow card. Not okay, Coldplay. yeah, yeah. He's a Coldplay. That's my bad. I was thinking of the song Yellow. Yeah, I, yeah Yellow card. Um, it's it's this 
it's this whole aesthetic of emo rap was taken, I think, from that period of that time period of music. Because that was huge, but it was kind of alternative. Like, right. that's not what most people were listening to, but you could hear, like, the best of it kind of peeking into pop, like right. like Fallout Boy. A Day to Remember, I think, yeah. kind of a little bit in that lane as well. Um, I, I have a lot of history um, with it due to our friend group. Yeah. They were more... Me and Jake were really in the hip-hop and pretty much... I mean, Jake wasn't only hip-hop, but with, at least with me... It was like only hip hop that. Yeah, we when I was, about. when I was like in ninth grade, it was really tenth grade that I started really getting heavy into rap. But in like ninth grade, it was more rock. Yeah. Uh, like Breaking Benjamin, Three Days Grace, Avenged Sevenfold, right. that kind of rock. So, on the borderline, like <clears throat> rock metal. Right. I think I think um, and my friends were they were always listening to, like a data a data remember. Shout out to Andrew. He always listened to a data remember. Um, Pierce the Veil. Yeah. A lot of those, like, they were like pretty boys that were like, you know what I mean? Like the, the straightened hair, the tight ass jeans and just, just playing emo songs. Yeah. And it was all about like heartbreak and, you know, she's, I'm not good enough for her. She cheated on me. And then you look at like a lot of the emo rap songs of today. She's, she cheated on me. I'm not good enough for her. I'm going to numb my pain. And um, I think it's interesting that rap went from sort of... I mean, I think a lot of people have made this uh, observation, so it's kind of cliche. But they went from, like, drug dealing to drug using. Yeah. Um, that got highlighted. But I don't think it's that. I think it's more that hip-hop went through this, like, ultra-masculine phase in, in from its inception all the way up to, like, the 90s and early 2000s, you know, there was ultra macho, like, fuck your bitch and just... Well, yeah, I mean, listen to the rhetoric of, like, Big L. Well, like, you can literally listen to the... Oh, yeah, Big L's yeah. album is... If you're a homosexual, don't yeah. put it on at all. Um, but also, Lil Wayne, literally, like, you know, there's, like, Money on My Mind, it's called. It's just, fuck bitches, yeah, get yeah. money. Yeah, that was... Uh, <laughs> I think that was a biggie sample, actually. Mm. Yeah. Jake's coming with the knowledge today. I feel like I'm slacking. But it, we, we weren't from that era. I know. We, that's we, true. we deserve a little bit of ignorance there. <laughs> right. But it was a <clears throat> it was all it was all just, you know, money, money and women, money and women. But then I think what happens is you still have some of that, especially with artists like Lil Baby and Gunna. But yeah. then even those artists have this opportunity to like say how like their environment kind of fucked them up a little bit. Yeah, I think it's just maybe, and it may be how the, the, the steps you take and the way you get to fame. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, Gucci Mane made it selling drugs. Juice World kind of made it by singing about taking drugs. So I think it all depends on your perspective and the way you made it out. Does that make sense? But it was also like, I don't think someone, even like a future, for example, like he wouldn't be able to make the music he was now, like coding crazy. And I don't think it would go... It would have gone in like 2005. I think it took this emo time, this emo phase, to really get to the point where you could have like future like crooning his heart out about a girl that he's fucking and then also just like being sad or disillusioned and taking all these drugs. You can be a trapper and a sad trapper, but okay. before it was like you could only be a trapper. Okay, I, I can You know see what that. I mean? Yeah. And I, I, I think that that all comes from a lot of the pop punk 
that was being listened to around that time. Even now you have ASAP Rocky painting his nails. We never saw fingernail paint, I would say, in hip-hop for the most part. No. And even it's like the style, like high fashion. A lot of that comes into play as well. But it's like rock was famously androgynous. And then hip-hop now is sort of becoming famously androgynous. So I wonder if this just happens because anything gets pushed to the mainstream, it has to fit this certain mold as well, you know? Maybe. I'm taking this in all sorts of directions. No, I mean, the the image, mm-hmm. like, the, the imagery, the way that they dress, like, you can look at Lil Uzi and, and see, like, kind of like, you, like, you know, like hair metal, like, that they just have, like, an iconic style. Like, it seems like we're gravitating back towards that image and that kind of sound, but... Right. Nowadays. I think it's really interesting, the fact that I feel like anything that hits the mainstream, it it inevitably goes that way. Yeah, and I think just everything is being like becoming so diverse. Like you look at, you can see, you can't look at a rapper and be like, "That's a rapper." Like right. they're all dressing like so differently now. Right. Whereas like if you saw just a lineup of okay, these are magician uh, magicians, <laughs> these are music- musicians. <laughs> like you remember the draw the lines like in like very early education where you had to just like draw the matches and draw the lines to the match like rock rap you could obviously draw the lines but now if you look at them everybody dresses so differently you don't have that stereotypical oh this is what a rapper is supposed to look like or sound like right i would say the only thing that is stereotypical of rap is still jewelry yeah like i don't see rock rock stars really throwing on like big chains and diamonds and Earrings, yeah, no, you know I what I mean? I haven't either. That's the only thing I would say that that's still... Stood the test of time. Hip-hop. Yeah. Yeah, hip-hop. Yeah. But I think that's because we all still like money. Like, that's a big part of hip-hop. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I- I've never understood that. About, like, the- flaunting your wealth? Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about, like, the just the excessive chains. Like, I, I will be honest. I bought a Brick Squad chain for clout. <laughs> it's one of the greatest chains ever. I- but it was, like, $20. It was. It was middle of the mall shit. You remember that riffraff? Yes. Um, <laughs> but I never once wore it, I think, unironically. Like, you, I wouldn't wear it in places. Like, I would kind of wear it, like, as a joke. But I never wore it, seriously. He'd wear it at school and people would, like, get a laugh out of it. Yeah. So seeing it, you know. But I just, I don't get it. It's all about flaunting your wealth, man. I think it's like some people have and some people don't. And it's like if you have it. I mean, like, I'm all about, like, if I, if I had that wealth, I would be rocking, like, a presidential Rolex. Like, right. But I'm, it's not going to be But that's subtle even. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's not like... That's, you... like, I hate iced out jewelry. Like, right. I really... I, I obviously can never really afford a Rolex and not be an idiot for owning one yeah. at, at this stage of right, my life. Right. Uh, but I want, like, a classic-looking flex, like, there are like million dollar watches you can wear that unless somebody's like really on your wrist looking at it, they'd never know. That's right. I don't know. I just, I don't get it. I feel like you devalue it. The only thing it's valued is the, the precious metals and resources you put into it, not the craftsmanship of the purchase. Well, a lot, well you could take like a presidential rolling and just ice it out. Yeah. That's always an option. Yeah. But you've devalued what you bought in my opinion. It's like tricking out like, I don't know, like, who buys a Lambo and then throws shit on it? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, who goes and tricks out a Lambo after yeah, they buy it? I think, yeah, there's a, there is definitely a lot of that. Speaking of tricking out, I know another thing I noticed in hip-hop that wasn't really popular, but I think it's also due to the rock, to pop-punk pop, pop punk influence. I would say, like, tattoos and skateboarding. 
Yeah, another thing that Lil Wayne really yeah. brought skateboarding to hip hop. And skinny jeans, for better or for worse. Yeah. Skinny <laughs> ass pants. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the aesthetic of rock is just as important as the sound, and I think that's why you have all the e boys now. You have all like the chain link kind of jewel, like you know what I mean. It's a uh, like the the chokers, like the diamond yeah. chokers. Yep, yep, and like I said. And rap, rap really, right? Rap right now really is the new rock. Yeah. Like we, they, it's the most consumed genre. I think this is the third year running that it's been the highest consumed genre across music. Um, which rock had really always had that. And I don't. I feel like rock that, is. Dead. I can't believe that didn't happen sooner. I don't know. Yeah. It's um. Well, let's talk about some of the some of the other artists. We've sort of we've talked about Little Peep a little bit. Um, I would say his influence is much more, we could talk about like the different angles, I guess, of the influence of, of pop punk. Because I would say that Lil Peeps is much more like an original sort Excuse of me. look at it. <laughs> it was like an original sort of look at it. You know what I mean? Like he was clearly a, a, a big consumer of the music. Yes. And he was one off. Like you, right. you can't say, oh, he kind of, and a lot of these we're going to talk about are one off. But now he's created so many people that are really just striving to hit that peep sound like no for no. He's like one of a kind. Yeah, he's yeah he was yeah. he was an original like you said, yeah. uh, in the lyrics, the imagery, uh, mm-hmm. kind of how he came up, and we've talked about it in the past. But I think really the some of the biggest proponents for a lot of these people blowing up is the SoundCloud right. era, and also an important thing to bring up is one of the reasons why pop punk was very popular is because it um it sort of characterized like teen angst yeah and anything that strikes a chord with young people is gonna be popular because that's always the crowd everyone's chasing you know it was a executives on the last episode the odd future episode that we put Mm -hmm. out we talked about how odd future captured teenage angst this did it i think a little bit more acceptantly like there's a lot this is a lot more accessible to people i think odd future put a lot of people up and this still put a lot of some people have like there's a YouTube channel called Elders React, and right. a lot of the artists we're going to talk about the elders did not really care for these artists. Right. Um, I think the reason why is because I I've seen some of those videos and it's mainly like the the talking about drugs and talking yeah. about suicide in a way that it sounds cool. But I think what it really does. I think for anyone who does already suffer from those things, I think there are certain people sure that are going to um, take the wrong message and just start abusing drugs. And I think that music like that can contribute to that. But I think for people that already sort of suffer from that, it provides them with somebody who says, like, I understand. Right. Yeah, I think it's all in the personality. Right. Um, And that was the argument on a lot of those elders, like, like some people be like, I I don't like them glorifying this, and then some people are like, well, he's really glorifying it. He, they're kind of like bringing awareness to it, and then that's when you saw every like now everybody wants to have like they they want to talk about mental health, and it was it was reason the new one of the newer TDE signees that mm-hmm. even kind of spoke out on that on his own song right uh, came out last year, and they're all depressed. We yeah. talked about that song, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where this genre for me gets a little bit of critique because. Now, like, you had the Lil Zans. I like some of what Lil Skies does, but I think Lil Skies kind of rips from some of the 
pioneers like X and Peep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what's so hard for me about this genre is a lot of the ones that I really liked are no longer here. Yeah. So the torchbearers are like always going to be underwhelming to me. Yeah. It was, um, it's interesting because you do see the, like the inception of this, um, this sound was I think around like 2016, 2017. And that's when you had X come out with Look At Me. Um, that's when you started to hear from like, a, like um, what was his name? I already forgot him. Um, I don't. I don't got friends. I got Audis. Oh, mm-hmm. um, Smoke Perp. Yes, yeah, Smoke Perp. I already, um, for, I already forgot him. I already forgot about you, my friend. Um, Smoke Perp. Boom, bro. X. <laughs> um, Lil Peep. Those those guys were all coming out, and just within that short amount of time, we're in the beginning of twenty twenty one. Um, the pioneers are all gone. Yeah, that's, that's it's not some... even the twenty seven club. It's the twenty. Yeah, club. and I think that really derailed that sound of hip-hop well i think unfortunately it also gave those people who were saying that it's glorifying drugs um leg to stand on yes yeah i mean x excluded because x yeah x was x was shot um but mac miller which mac he was emo but it's really just the last two albums i would say that were very dark and yeah and and it was just we call i think we're categorizing it as emo because of the like the subject matter yes not really the sound right exactly Uh, because it, it was very, and that was one thing Mac had for him too, was it was very original. Nobody had really made an album like that. No. Uh, so I think that's kind of why we included him. But His voice, his delivery is very unique. And you could tell that it was coming from a real place. Right. And that's where I think he he had to kind of acoustic, make it acoustic, because if you did it over beats, I think you lose a little bit of that authenticity. The emotional punch. Right. And that's why, maybe that is why I think Lil Skies and some of the others, like, I mean, Lil Xan is a gimmick in himself. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think that's why some of it comes off as empty to me, like mm-hmm. just kind of meaningless and not original. And I, I don't, if, if they're really living what they're saying, then I apologize. But to me, I, I just don't feel it's authentic. It's, uh, I think some, <clears throat> some of it is. Lil Skies, to be fair, I think he's had a record of mental health problems. Um, Lil Xan has had a history of addiction, so yeah, I it's think Cheetos. Yeah, he hey, on hot Cheetos. listen, dude. It's for those of you who know, you know, I had a scary ass experience with hot Cheetos. I'm not gonna even. I'll tell you off air. Okay. But it's it was I, when I heard that I I was quiet as fuck because I was like, <laughs> them shits almost sent me to the hospital. Well, if if this has happened to you. We would love to start a class action lawsuit, <laughs> so please contact us. Uh, it's hlhpodcast at gmail dot com. Let us let us know about your hot Cheetos experience. We'll <laughs> add you to the class action lawsuit. Please DM me. Yeah, um, actually, we also DM handle me. dog bites. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if you fell downstairs, call me. I even say? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, oh, I was, okay. So Lil Xan. Um, yeah, they, they all have they all have um, credence to their. Um, they, I think they're rapping with their they're living with their rapping, but the problem is, much like anything that becomes popular or lucrative, like you said, the originals are the originals. You can't touch them. But the ones who come after, all they did was they saw the formula and they knew how to recreate it. Yeah, they got the the crappy patty formula. Exactly. Everybody got the secret sauce and. Then everyone now can just remake the same song a hundred times, which that's another critique I have of this 
Um, genre is, aside from its message being controversial, it also is very homogenous. The Kid Leroy is a perfect example. Oh. I think he has the, a good voice. The industry plant of all industry plants, though, you're an idiot if you yeah. don't if you don't think he is. I think he has a good voice. I'm not knocking that. Right. But it's just like Juice World Light. It is. And and also that whole internet money click that whole that whole thing. They're all industry plants, and they're all just Juice World clones. Even though Juice yeah. World is on some of the songs. Yeah. Well, the internet money thing got kind of weird because you know they had. Some artists like Don Toliver on some of the projects in Nav, like because they lemonade. have so much money. Yeah, it's so much like stu- Like you, you think Don Toliver really fucks with any of them? Probably not. You think Juice World really fucks with Kid Leroy? I mean, they have this video of of Juice World and Kid Leroy on a private jet, and Kid and Juice World telling Kid Leroy like, yeah, "I got you a two hundred thousand dollar birthday present." Yeah, it's a feature. Yeah, and and it's like okay, maybe they were they were close. Yeah, I can't I mean, say a hundred percent, but. I doubt it. I don't even care about that. Like, if he had a personal relationship with the man, he did. Okay. But to me, it just... I don't care for the music. I just feel like it's a rip of the right. original. But then when, when we look at the original, so we can talk about one that's still alive, which is Lil Uzi Vert. Yeah. Um, he's... I, I don't think anyone would argue that Lil Uzi is an orig- original, you know? He, no, and as of late, he's kind of moved away from this sound a little bit. Um, I really think... The new, like I think, the new Eternal Take was, I think, as rap as it got for him. To me, I, I just didn't get any of the emo vibes on that album. Except I mean, for if you've P2. got something, yeah, and P2. that that song, I'm still conflicted on. I think it's kind of a gimmick. I fuck uh, with it. Have you ever seen the? You know, I need to show you the the. It's like a transition from um, Exo Tour Life to P Two, and when you listen to them together, dude, it's it's very uh, nice. Maybe. I don't know. I just kind of thought it was gimmicky when it came out, um, and I, I don't like. I know we, I kind of went off on those guys a little bit. I don't dislike him. There's just a few. There's only really a few songs that I his really his like. his last album before this newest one is was actually pretty decent. Shelby, I think it was. Yes, yeah. We I think we reviewed that. We did. I liked Shelby, and especially the intro on there. And I I think I's a great song. I think Lil's Guys has a lot of potential, and that's, that's why one, I don't. Dismiss I was the him. one he had the lyrical lemonade for, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah. I, that's why I don't. I try not to dismiss Lil's he's Guys. Got a song with Gucci Man I really like too. Um, what's I'll I'll look it up. Yeah. Um, he 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 also I could see him being an original in time. I I think Lil's Guys has a lot of talent. Even on Unbothered, I found I found some good good tracks on there. Uh, and he that. was kind of he was a little bit earlier than the rest of the. Um, bad girls, clones, bad girls. Yeah, Shelby's a great, a great project. But there, there are some moments for those guys. I think his is genuine. Um, I think he kind of gets put into this pigeonhole though, where that rapping, singing voice—you know—the voice is pretty much the same. So, and your voice is kind of the instrument on trap music. Mm-hmm. You can't fuck with the instrument too much. So a lot of the songs, unless there's a really memorable beat or a very good hook, it's like you're listening to one long song. Yeah, formulaic. Yeah, very formulaic. Uh, I think another one we need to talk to, again, I, I think a true original. Uh, very, I mean, just it's his sound is Six Dogs. I remember we were, the, I mentioned this concert early in the episode. We're going to Atlanta for the J. Cole concert. 
and I was playing, um, I think I was playing butt cheeks in the car. And Mikel goes, dude, who is this? He goes, this sounds like a guy, I don't remember his name, he doesn't have a lot of songs, it's called Fago Dreams. And I was like, yeah, Six Dogs. And he's like, I fuck with that song. He's like, I listen to that all the time. And he had never heard of, of Butt Cheeks, but I think Six Dogs truly had his own sound. Yeah. He's, his, um, his personality was, is also very subdued. Um, rest in peace to Six Dogs. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a sad story. It really is because you look at him now and his fan base, unfortunately, it, it fizzled out. But I really think some of his best songs are coming on this upcoming project he did before he died. And also he has um, uh, the song Takashi Murakami, which I love. Um, He has, I think the the problem that some people have with him, maybe his energy is really low at times. But I always said that that emptiness feels genuine to me. Yeah, I, he's not a performing artist, I don't think. Like, I think no. a Six Dogs concert would have been boring, and if you've been to one and were wrong, tell me. But he just doesn't seem like a performing artist. He just the the place of emotion that he's coming from, like you said, is is very true. Like, I don't think anybody could dispute that. And actually, Adam Twenty Two said he said that um, he said the problem with Six Dogs was he was just he was just too real. Like he he really was was not very much like a Hollywood guy. He and didn't really put out a lot of music. No. So I think that's one thing that is, this new project is going to give us kind of an exposure to because he seemed like he didn't really care too much about the music. It was just, here's a song or two, here's a song or two, here's a little five-piece right. EP. But now I think you're probably going to see the, the most structured you've ever seen Six Dogs. So I'm kind of excited to see something maybe a little more full. Right. I, I really um, look forward to reviewing that as well because I think he deserves... A lot more shine, and I hope that this upcoming project, I, I think at least we can bring some light to it. Yeah, and I mean, I'll be honest, I, I until you played me the song, I judged him the same way I judged Lil Peep. Like, when I saw what Lil Peep right. looked like and what he, his name was, I was like, nah, I don't need any more of this. Because, like, Lil Pump was already around, right. and I'm like, I don't, we don't, I don't need another Lil Rapper. And then I heard it, I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. And when Hakeem said, there's a song, Butt Cheeks, I was like, <laughs> I'm not listening to a song called Butt Cheeks. <laughs> uh, I just thought it was going to be, like, a troll song. Like, mm-hmm. And then he played it, and I was like, damn it's incredible. It's, awesome. it's one of my favorite songs ever. I think it's a, it's beautiful. Who's some more? Who's somebody else you you think is is very original to the sound? I think. I mean, we have to talk about X. I yeah. Mean, he's his ability to bend. He just like bend, bended music, bended sounds to his will. Um, there's there's very few people who can do like a really good screamo song, a really good '90s rap song. And a really good trap song, and acoustic, also like a good revenge. Yep, jeez, a good acoustic song, um, which I know good is subjective, and a lot of I mean, if you're like an Anthony Fantano stan, you know he rips Seventeen to shreds. But I mean, Jake constantly talks about how yeah. um, Seventeen got him through a really hard time. Um, I really, I think I gave Question Mark a ten. Granted, I think I was a fangirl back then. I would not give it a ten, but I still no, go back to Matt it. No, because Matt Ox is on it, so yeah. no, that I still fuck with that song. You can't tell get me anything about it. Give me yeah, it's still a ten. I don't know about a ten, but it it's a high percentile. Well, when you have um songs like Schizophrenia, don't get yeah. I love that song. When you have um, um, obviously Moonlight became a huge hit. Sad is one of the biggest. I mean, Spotify had to take it off of their playlist because they because of X's allegations of 
of so is it is it back on? Because I know you know now they got dismissed. I don't know if they. I don't know if they put them back on. I don't know, but I mean, Sad has like it was one of the most streamed songs of all time by now. Yeah, I feel like. Well, except for Congratulations by Post Malone yeah. and Quavo. That does dummy numbers. I don't get it. A I mean, it's a good song, but... I, I, the no. way Quavo comes in. X was just, I mean, like, and we've said it a million times, it's just a once-in-a-lifetime talent. Uh, like you said, the way he can bend sound to his will. I don't think there was anything that he couldn't do, and he did it so fast, and that's kind of a motif that you've seen in the people that we've mentioned. Low peep, huge trajectory. Juice World was an enormous trajectory. I mean, two years and he's the biggest superstar out, and then like that he's gone. X was like that. Juice was like that. Mac Miller's was a little more stagnant. Like he he grew yeah, very slowly over time. Mm-hmm. But it, I feel like when they were both at their peak, is like that was the end. You remember all the kids shirts that we used to see? Yeah. Who didn't have one of those? Nobody. I mean. It like everyone you go to you go to Hot Topic. That's where they sold them or Spencer's. I've got a. I had a green one. I have a good AM shirt and it's I dried it. And it you know how oh, those shirts they, they shrink up. Yeah. So like they still fit, but it's a nice crop top. Though, yeah. Though. You like if I'm at Walmart and reach for the top shelf, you see in the belly for the sure. Out. But I I cannot bring myself to throw it away. No. Oh. Good AM is one of my favorite projects he ever did. But I feel like all these people were right at their peak. Six Dogs was still kind of bubbling in the alternative not to discredit his death by any means. But Peep, X, Mac, and Juice were all at the mountaintop. To be fair, I think Peep was still coming up. Peep got really big after he died. Yeah. Peep got really... I mean, he had kind of like this like effect where his fans were like devastated but then the whole world sort of saw him and saw like what a beautiful he really has a beautiful soul, soul yeah and um i watched the the documentary i mean it gave me so much perspective like how how kind he was and how many people thought so highly of him well, I, i've said it a, a couple times in the podcast that I, I i watched his funeral and the way that his, his mom, mom spoke about him really changed the way that i view people and like give, I mean, you can't help a first impression. Like when you see somebody, your your biases are already gonna start churning in your head. It's how you choose to react to them in that situation. Mm-hmm. I think is what proves like your character in right. that regard. And the way his mom talked about how people treated him, kind of opened my eyes. But okay, maybe you can put walls up to some of these things and and see people for more than their appearance. Right. And um, I think that's that's a benefit to pop punk is that a lot of it was let me look as like edgy and alternative as possible to deter a lot of the mainstream. And um, it was subversive and that's why it appealed to a lot of kids. Yeah, there's a lure to that. I mean, look at Marilyn Manson. Yeah. He's one of Uzi's biggest. They hang out. Yeah. Uh, and the imagery that Marilyn Manson was portraying is really how he got all of his allure. Not right. to not to discredit his talent because I think Marilyn Manson is, is very talented, yeah. uh, and he's extremely smart. And it's crazy how, when you have that kind of image, the media will paint you as what they think you are. Like they made Marilyn Manson out to be this idiot. He was responsible for Columbine. Uh, they a lot of people think Two Chains is like kind of traditionally dumb, and yeah. he's one of the smartest people in hip hop. College, college graduate, yeah, business owner, like yeah. 
unfortunately, the media wants you to be a certain thing, and a lot of these people are bigger than what they put on the outside. Right, right. It's um, it's very important. X was um, despite all the I'm saying um so much, guys. I'm so sorry. Uh, X was was very very well known, but he was also judged a lot. I would say from from when the time he was alive, as he should have been. I mean, some of the stuff that came out was kind of egregious. Yeah, I know he's I mean, been he, acquitted. He de- well, he wasn't really acquitted. The charges were oh, dropped. Oh, the charges were just The dropped. charges okay. were dropped in lieu of his death. So he wasn't acquitted, okay. Uh, but the stuff that came out was very controversial. Yes, and hard to ignore. Right. But but Jake and I, we, we I think I think now I, I take this back. I try not to think this way as much anymore. Um, but we said that separating the art from the artist... Um, to a degree, but I think when you start really hearing some egregious shit, I just gotta stop fucking with it at some point. Yeah, you know? um, it's hard. It is, and it's you just gotta take it on a case by case basis. I mm-hmm. think because you and I have had this discussion outside of hip hop in regards to Kevin Spacey. We were talking about how good it's American Beauty. I think was the movie we were talking about. Yeah. We're talking about how good the movie is, and you're like, yeah, but Kevin Spacey's in it. Like it's kind of cringe. Was it kind of cringe watching that? And I was like. Yeah, kind of. I said, but it's a little different from just musicians because the mu- musicians are the ones getting most of the money when you stream. Like you're right. really supporting them. Well, but I'm not gonna not watch America. There's other actors and actresses in American Beauty right. getting royalties off of watching it on Netflix. Exactly. So going that deep in, I don't want to say cancel culture, but going that deep into a boycott doesn't mm-hmm. always just in, hurt the person. That I mean, there's other people in that movie that movies. There's argument. Party. There's an argument for. Um, maybe separating the art from the artist, but the problem with someone like X is, and I don't want to shit on his memory. I feel bad doing this. I think I've just had a, a big change of heart recently, like in my politics and my views of the world. Um, but his music was very personal, and it was very much like giving us a peep into his life, into his his mind. He would say, "You yeah. know, you're literally entering my mind," is what he said on question mark. Um, he portrayed himself as this very sad and love-hurt individual, but then you hear sort of the damage he caused outside. Yeah. And part of me sees now that maybe it was... Maybe this was more manufactured than we thought. You know what I mean? Yeah, and when I go back and listen to X now, I I try to take solace in the fact that towards the end, I think he was trying to... He was trying to redeem himself. Yeah, he was. was. I, I think from a true place. You saw him out in the public giving away playstations giving away food like in in the subject matter started to shift a little bit it wasn't i took a white bitch to starbucks anymore um he was talking about um the parkland shooting yeah so it's hard to go back and listen to like the members only stuff because like he's talking about like beating up gay people yeah yeah that's kind of hard to go back to, but like seventeen, like I said, that got me through tough times. Like I, I can go back and listen to that. Much, a lot of question mark, um, but I think it's just a case by case thing. Yeah, I'm happy that you brought up at least the redemption arc. And um, I, yeah, I, I mean, if, if it that. would have been much different if he was like still surrounding himself in that kind of violence and violent right. rhetoric, and then he died. Like th- it's really hard to defend him at that point. Yeah. But at that point in his life. I think he was truly trying to do better for himself. Yeah, yeah. And for the people around him. Right. I mean, I would, yeah, I, I guess I'd leave it at that with X because his music was very powerful, but I couldn't always tell maybe how genuine the place was that it was coming from. 
at, right. at the end, you know. And I, I hate saying that because it really connected with me in a lot of ways. But I I did find you, that hard. Do you think it's kind of it's different because he had true allegations where the things that like Tyler was talking about on Goblin were yeah, just you fiction. Knew it was fake. Oh, but it's kind of like a nostalgia. Like it's hard. Like we were talking yeah. about, it's hard to go back and listen to Goblin and Bastard. Right. Uh, but when you hear it, like you, there's like a piece of you like nostalgic that likes right. it. Like if I if Look at Me, I'm not gonna. I don't actively listen to Look at Me, but <laughs> right. if Look at Me comes on in a playlist, I don't think I'm gonna skip it just because yeah. of that like nostalgia factor. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I think, I think his ex's legacy is very huge, and it's an unfortunate that he ended so quickly. And I think it's also unfortunate that the posthumous releases were very lackluster. But I think. X was like a sacrificial lamb or his his discography was a sacrificial lamb in this matter because ever since then I'm not saying there's no bad posthumous albums but they've there was a good stream of really good ones. Yeah. Pop Smokes, Juice Worlds, um Lil Peeps was pretty good. Um I think it was a little too polished, but it was yeah, they, it was handled okay. I think they really appealed to the people that you said kind of came on after death. I right. think they appealed to that crowd a little too much. Yeah. Um, there's a few more people I think we, we should talk about. So when we get back from the break, we're going to talk about how Kid Cudi shaped this sound a little bit too. We, we hadn't really talked about Juice World. Right. So when we get back, stay tuned for that. Hey, everyone. Hope you're enjoying the episode so far. If you are, please consider giving us a subscribe. Also, if you're listening on Apple, give us a rate and review. Lastly, if you want to stay up to date on what we'll be discussing on the next episodes, make sure you follow us on Instagram at HLHBO. Thank you all so much. Let's get back into the episode. Cutter, Kid Cudi, confused. Jesus, that's off the album that we don't talk about. Yeah, I was gonna say that. This is a song. It's it's really magic that it's out because it didn't come on any album. I know. It's strange. It must be a single or something. A Lucy. You want to give him your idea that you had during the break oh, about this particular I said, album? I said I want Jake to recreate it because he said, "What if I made a rock album?" And I kind of said like, that as a joke, but that actually right. wasn't what I was alluding to. Hakeem said, "I think I want to go oh, back and listen to this. And oh, maybe yeah. we should review it." <laughs> oh yeah, and he said, uh, "It's trash." <laughs> I mean, I'm down for it if you want to try it. Which kid? We we've always teased the idea of a Kid Cudi episode, so maybe we could touch on it then. I think let's be a little masochistic, dude. I really love the idea of <laughs> of this um, uh, idea of like the worst of. And you and I go through a list of if any of you motherfuckers take this take this idea, I'll find you, I'll DM you, and you owe me money. But um, I, us going to like find like the worst rated hip hop albums of all time, and listening to them and picking the best one. I've already got the idea. What is so it? We we gotta get just like a a couch. You like, guys get to be in the behind the scenes, by the this way. Is, this is the shit we done. We're, yeah, this this whole conversation from this point on is trademarked. <laughs> so we gotta get like just a like an office building rental, like mm-hmm. just white walls, black couch. Yeah, it, we'll call it Bondage Boys, and we'll just get like <laughs> you said masochists. So we'll right. just like dress up in leather, have people whip us, and we'll just listen to terrible hip hop albums, and then we'll tell you which one is the best. Bondage this Boys. It's gonna be on OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, so yeah, hilarious. if any of y'all take the idea for Bondage Boys. <laughs> I think it would be it would be a funny one, though. Speeding Bolt to Heaven has to be one of the lowest rated albums of all time, right? I, I would hope so. I think it I think it has to be in that in that list. But what I the reason why we're playing this one too is it is influenced by rock heavily for better or for worse. Yeah, and he is unapologetic about this album. Yes, like, he is. He says fuck you, I love this thing. Yeah. Which that's fine. Maybe he really enjoyed making this one. Oh. You may I'll, plug this? I wish that was a PVR. It's not. But a PBR? Clean, cleaner lit. I've got some Rolling Rock, I think, in the fridge. That's what's up. Uh, this is cucumber mint sparkling water. Mm. Yeah, it's Damn. refreshing. I love cucumber one. There's a whole pack of them in there for I'm you, big dog. Don't worry, I'll pop. I'll get one. Yeah, we'd be popping bottles. Yeah, this the subject matter that Kid Cudi's coming from in this album is very true. Again, I think, but the it's just so thrashing <laughs> on the ears. <laughs> That I just can't get with it. Yeah, um, yeah we played game. that. We played that because of the influence. Also, Confused is actually a very good song. There were some good songs in there. Confused, Handle With Care is good. Uh, Judgmental, boop. Um, I like that one. I know you the, don't, but I, I thought it was. Bad Garage Rock. It is bad garage rock, but pretty, well, I'd say decent garage rock. Okay, maybe. Maybe. Um, but early Kid Cudi was very influential to the sound. More so, like we said with Mac, more so in the lyrics, yeah. what he's talking about, not so much the sound, because <clears throat> Kid Cudi was always very, uh, kind of, I would say kind of like mellow rap. Right. Cloud rap. Yeah. Cloud rap, but um, with more, maybe a little more subject matter, and not as ethereal. He was cloud rap before we had Travis Scott. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, Travis blew the fuck up. And then, yeah, and, tra- now, and then Kid Cudi made a... Travis uh, Scott album. Travis Scott. <laughs> I like that album. No disrespect. I went back to it the other day. I was playing it's it good. with Jenna. Yeah. Element 3 is good. He's, um, it's okay. The UFC picked up a couple of his songs on some of their promos. I don't, um, I'm sure. It's the one with Pop Smoke. Oh, yeah. The one with Pop Smoke and Skepta. Okay. Uh, they picked that song up on one of their People like commercials. The I liked it. Yeah, it's it's just but it was the so Travis Scott influence, exactly, which is weird to say because that's Kid Cudi influence. Yeah, so but yeah, the, I guess you can't be mad at well, it. Well, the thing is, like, when the influence creates the sound, creates a new sound, all of a sudden the influence sounds like, yeah. or the I mean, the original sounds like the influence. I guess it would be like Drake coming out and trying to sound like Wayne, right. and then you'd be like, oh, like, but I guess you can't really hate it. Like, no, he, if anybody has the right to do it, it's him. And also, when he first came out, he did sound a lot like Wayne. Yeah. Like, you listen to the first, like... The so Far Gone. Make that pussy whistle. Yeah. It was all... It, like, that. those inflections were all all Wayne. But I think early Kid Cudi and his, his lyrics had really the biggest influence. I will say, one of the f- first emo songs that I remember ever hearing... And the, the sh- I mean, I was a bit of a normie back then, so I wasn't actively looking. You I was say Day and Night? That's right. Tell me that's not an emo song. No, it is. It's it's like and the lonely it, loner. It blew up. Night. The lonely stoner. They always made it lonely loner. He hit the radio version. I tried to hit y'all with the clean version. Not <laughs> like we've ever talked about cocaine use or worse <laughs> on here. So, yep. The yeah. So it that was really the first kind of emo song that I I remember. And and I remember as a kid, wishing that I was that sad. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> No, I honestly can say no. Well, I used to, I, you know, when you're young, you don't really have, like, a 
legit problems or emotional like intelligence i would say so like i would i would always think like damn this sounds like that lonely stoner seems to freeze man at night like i remember just thinking like damn i want to be that sad i i felt that way when i listened to um kanye 808s and heartbreaks because i didn't i didn't never really date so i was yeah. like damn i wish i wish i knew what this breakup felt like but it seems to hurt Shoot. i don't know that you would want to feel it awaits a heartbreak for real yeah i think i felt that's my it. favorite kanye album yeah Really? Yeah. What? No. Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is still mine. It's hard. Devil in a Red Dress. I can play that song whenever I want. And it's... Well, that takes up half the day. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. It's so good. And then right as you're about to fall asleep, Rick Ross starts rapping. <laughs> Such a clean song. It just like lulls you to sleep and then... Oh. <laughs> Snorlaxes. Awoken. <laughs> oh. There were a few other people on our list. Uh, I think we need to talk about wait, it. Just... Let's, wait, let's hit Kid Cudi a little bit more. Okay. But Day and Night was the first emo song that I remember blowing up. And and then after Cudi sort of had a lot of um, personal issues, you we got the um, Man on the Moon Part 2, which I think was even sadder yeah. than Man on the Moon Part 1. Then he went off the cliffs a little bit for a couple of years. And it was yeah, hard when, he, when he had Kid that Cudi satellite thing. flight, it was mainly Nobody beats. listened to that. Yeah. Um, and then he had Indicud, which I like some of the songs on there, but not Immortal. Immortal. Um, what's the uh, Mojo? So d- no, that's on two. Um, God, he did the one, one with there. Kendrick, Rager, Mr. Rager Two. Yeah, that's one. Um, he also had Red Eye that I thought was pretty good on there. Pull up Indicud. Let's see, 2013. Damn, <laughs> damn, we're old. Unfuckwittable is really good. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, just what I am, girls. Girls is not a good song. Yes, it is. <laughs> Anything with too short is no. too good. It's 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 a horrible song, but it's funny. Um, he has one with RZA, Bees. I pl- I listen to this album quite a lot, but it's just it has not aged well. No, the album art is still fire, literally. <laughs> I love that album. And um, so there was a time where, and then Speeding Bull to Heaven. <laughs> so yeah, he's he stumbled a bit. Right, I and think. then. I think he he did um, Passion Pain and Demon Slang is where it came back around. Yeah, um, that's where he got me back. Cuddy sounded like Cuddy too. So the reason why I think Man on the Moon three now all of a sudden we're just reviewing Man on the Moon three, but the reason why it doesn't work for me as well is because Passion Pain and Demon Slang it's not as cohesive as Man on the Moon three, and there are some misses on there, but it sounds like Cuddy. Yeah. Man on the Moon Three sounds like Cuddy playing it safe. It was very doing, safe. It was it was basically the Scots without Travis. Travis. Yeah, it was the, it, right. It was that sound. It, it was, was. post Jack Boys sound. Exactly. So that was my that's my issue with it. Passion Pin and Demon Slaying. First of all, that that album cover or that not the cover. The cover is is whatever. But um, I think that. Damn, Cuddy rocking the mustache with us too. Hell yeah, dude! Shut- oh, mustache gang in this bitch right now. But um, that that project felt very intimate. It felt like Cuddy made a comeback. There were some big hits on there. It's one of my favorite tracks, and it still has that emo element to it. Two, three stacks features. That's insane. Yeah. Nobody gets two. No. Nobody. Not in the same album, at least. No. Uh, no. But sh- but shout out to Kid Cuddy because it. His, he takes a lot of time between projects, but Travis Scott quotes him as an influence. 
He he helped um, Kanye with 808s and Heartbreaks. Um, he has just quite the resume. And again, he was another person that struggled with um, um, with with drug abuse. I was just about to ask you. Yeah. Do you think sometimes it's the most um, I don't want to say fragile or troubled troubled minds that give you the best art? Sometimes. I don't like to say that that's true because there's a lot of... You're right, there's a lot of merit to that or there's a lot of cases of that. Um, but you also have like people who make incredible art that don't have to have that well, I mean, struggle. I don't, I don't want to wish any any negative on somebody. No. But if, if Taylor Swift had some mental problems, maybe her music <laughs> would improve and she could write a song deeper than just... I'm going to correct that for you because that sounded so <laughs> fucking horrible. Instead of saying it like that, you could say you wish that Taylor Swift had some sort of struggles in her life that would make her story yeah, compelling. I don't know Taylor Swift, so she may have real struggles outside. Her last of what album was. was a bit more oh, like she was... indie, indie, indie folk. Yeah, well, I don't think there's ever been a critically bad Taylor Swift album. I've never yes. heard somebody say yes, this yes, album was yes, terrible. Yes. Yeah, the one she did before this. One, I don't know. She had one horrible, like her ego just. Why are we reviewing Taylor Swift? This is the greatest podcast of all time. Don't tell me it's not. All I'm saying is... I, I keep I, forgetting we have footrests now. Yeah, it's nice. Jesus. Uh, more back. More back. It seemed like these troubled minds can view things in diff- in a non-linear perspective. Does that make sense? No, their mental illness makes their perspective of the world very fucked. So, unfortunately, <laughs> the only... That sounded the, horrible. No, let me tell you. But the, those, you know where the moments of clarity come in? In the studio. I can see that. That's where that's where everything can come out and it makes sense. Kanye, when Kanye talks, does he ever make sense? It, it's rare. But when I listen to a Kanye album, he can articulate himself. Yeah, it's rare. Like I think he was on his meds for the Zane Lowe interview. Because that was a right. good interview. And then the J the JRE, JRE was terrible. Is, I mean, good luck oh. listening to that. If you listen to that and tell me there are some good ideas, sure. But but though, but a lot of times people who who struggle with mental mental health or um, struggle with drug abuse, the moments of clarity where everything comes out is in the studio. So actually, what you're seeing is maybe when the mental illness takes a back seat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas somebody who is maybe more mentally mentally well and it's it's we're talking about this kind of selfishly because yeah. we're the ones reaping the benefits exactly. of this. Like obviously, right. The, the artist would probably rather not have the 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 troubles. If Cuddy told me that Speeding Bullet to Heaven was him in the best place of his life and um, Man on the Moon 2 was his worst, I would tell him to keep making Speeding Bullet to Heaven. Yeah. Um, as somebody who cared about him. As a fan, I would say. We got to do something Man about on this. The moon. Man on the Moon 2, yeah. please. But... Um, he said in interviews that that's one of his realest albums. He said like Man on the he was he, no speeding bullet to oh, heaven. Like yeah. he he really felt that emotion. Right. It's just how you articulate it sometimes really matters. Yeah. You know, if he wanted anyone to listen to how he felt, he his would've... I mean, the way that at least he was portrayed in the media and the storylines that kind of went with this album, he was in a disheveled place as much of Speedy yeah. Bullet to Heaven was disheveled. Like. That's what's, that's what, that's the thing about art and that's the thing about coming back to this emo rap is music is very much a window into the person's consciousness, into their psyche, into their headspace at that time. So like when Earl talks about I don't like shit, I don't go outside. 
it's a very dark album. He says that he prostrated himself to that to that album. He's a he's an emo rapper. Yeah. God, I couldn't. But we we're, we're gonna do an Earl episode a hundred percent. Um, but it's a like like um I don't like shit. I don't go outside. It's a very dark album, and it reflected his headspace at that time. He has an interview with um um what's the public radio that it NPR was? NPR yes that talks about that. Yeah, so, that was that, I, that, that's a long interview. That's forty five minutes. His best. He does one with his mom recently too. That was really good. Um, moving on, kind of from how Kid Cudi influences, mm-hmm. we've talked about Juice World numerous times in the past, but I think he is—he's not. I think he's the, the highest up on the pillar. Like when yeah. you talk about this sound, it's he, him. Like he he's, took over, he's the, the brand. X's X's death actually, I think, plays a lot into Juice's rise. Mm-hmm. I can see that because one of the biggest critiques of X was his allegations, and then you had. Somebody who was just naturally outgoing, kind of like the the Yang to X. Yeah, right. Like everything you hated about X, Juice World was the opposite. Right. He didn't have any allegations. He was very he was faithful to his girlfriend. He was dating a girl while he's the biggest rapper in the world. Um, not to mention the fact that he has like pop like hooks. He has a voice that sounds really good with autotune, and he can freestyle for literally hours. Yeah. People, I mean, who was it that said that he made four songs of on one beat and then he would just pick one out of the four? I don't remember. I for, I thought that was Lil Dicky, I'll be honest. I think it was it Lil Dicky who said that. Yeah, because they sampled it in the last album. Yeah, that's right. Lil Dicky told that story. He made four songs on one beat and they just picked, he said they're all hits. <laughs> Could you imagine like, just, yeah, just pick one of those and like not knowing what's on your album until yeah. it comes out. Yeah, he probably gets psyched. Yeah. Somebody who can make music like that, they only listen to themselves. You know what I mean? Like, I think Uzi, when I see Uzi, I feel like he only listens to himself. I can Playboy see Cardi, I feel like he only listens to himself. I can see that. You know? And, um, but, but X is passing. Obviously, Juice came out with There was a huge legends. role to fill. Well, he, yeah. he came out with that, with that song about... Um, Him and Pete. Right. He doesn't want a, the title of Legend because Legend's... Um, tend to die out. Yeah, that was prophetic. I remember listening to that song like when I when I got the news about uh, about Juice. I was in the parking lot at Target, yeah. and like all I could think about was playing Legends, yep. and I listened to it all day. Me too. It is like eerily prophetic. Yeah, me too. It's a very it's it's a very um, sad song. Makes you makes you really like question self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah. Because I, we talked about X like he was talking about like the day before if I die like on his Instagram live feed. You surround yourself with this image, and it, it's around you every day. It's eventually like you play with fire, you get burnt. Yeah, I think it also has to do with your speaking. You're not just talking to yourself, to like, like you and I. Like our reach is not this like vast. Yeah, you know what I mean. This vast reach, but these guys are putting out messages into the world, and you don't know whose ears it's hitting at some point. You know what I mean? Like, if it's hitting, like, two guys in South Carolina and then somebody else in Russia and then someone else in California, somebody's going to... We're all going to interpret it differently and we're all going to have our own feelings about it. And unless you're listening to someone like us or maybe, like, a a No Jumper or Anthony Fantano, you're going to take your own messages from it as well, you know? And some people take that shit too seriously. Like, when... When the Migos are 
talk about being gangsters, I don't look at the Migos and think like, oh my God, I'm quaking in my boots. Look yeah. at their Gucci jeans. Like, yeah. I I don't take that seriously. Even maybe they did live that life at one point, but look how far removed they are from it. But then Very. just by talking about that kind of stuff, you have people who like make attempts at their life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what the fuck's the point, dude? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the perfect example is kind of what's happened with, like, King Vaughn. Like, as yeah. sad as that is, like, if, when you surround yourself with that, it's it, eventually it's going to get you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very sad. And it's like, why do you want to be in that lifestyle? I love Chief Keef, dude. Chief Keef talks all that shit, but lives in the hills in California. Yep. That's the way to do it. You know? I mean, look, I used to criticize Future, like, for the glorifying drugs in, in the interviews. He's like, I don't really do drugs. And then you're kind of like, man, I'm Yeah, I'm I mean, it's still kind of disingenuous, in. but, like, it, it's entertainment. Right. It's like WWE in yeah. a lot of ways. Hip-hop, the problem is hip-hop, rap is poetry. Poetry is, was used to tell stories. A, a lot of, before, like, written history, it was songs. That got passed down. So hip-hop is used to construct narratives and personas of people. So people look at Post Malone and see, or people look at Lil Wayne. So you have one guy who portrays himself in that sort of sad light that we're talking about. And then when they see him performing passionately, writhing on the floor, yeah, they can't help but say he's abusing drugs right. or he's drunk. Yeah, I mean, truly, I thought, I was like, he's, he's right. in trouble. But he wasn't. No, he wasn't. As far as I know. No, he, I mean, he came out and, I mean, looked very coherent the next day. Yeah. And said, no, I was just that into the music. Right. But then, but they hear the music and you can't help but then start reflecting like, um, Post Malone's sad. Yeah. Post Malone uh, doesn't want to be famous. And it, it's just like we were talking about the Elders episode. It mm-hmm. Each personality, is like you said, is going to interpret that differently. Like, right. I think some of the things X was talking about and some of the things Juice was talking about were helpful to some of their audience. Right. But was the detriment to others. Right. Because they took that, oh, I need to, if I live this lifestyle, I think it was the, at some point you crossed the line to know, okay, what he's saying, I need to take it as warning, not as glorification right and, and i think also, sometimes as the artists they p- could have done a better job of portraying that it i shouldn't it was, be glorifying this <clears throat> this is a warning but then what happens is then you're cutting into your pocket yeah people who don't believe your story they don't want to follow you but also what i was going to say is you know how i said i i would listen to kanye and want to feel that sadness there are a lot of people who see these portrayals of like depression and it kind of seems alluring to them. And then they kind of ho- they kind of like start portraying like this sadness that maybe they don't really understand. They don't really have a reason to feel that sad. They just want to be that sad. And then it manifests. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's and it's just from a lack of personality, a lack of knowing yourself that you you dive too deep into these messages in these songs because Again, rap is um, creating a narrative. So then you start living these narratives. You know what I mean? That's why I had to quit listening to Lil Boosie. <laughs> he was just out in the streets yeah, too much. Dude. Heavy. I was. I stopped listening to to Bass God. Dude. I started, <laughs> started having a just. I couldn't do it. You developed a God complex. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Hakeem kept every, telling everybody at his job to call him Hakeem God. Thanks, Hakeem God. I'd just go to pet stores and cry. There were two other people, I think, on the list that we need to kind of highlight is, is Rich Brian and Joji. Yes. I think talking about them synonymously being that they're intertwined but most most of the time when you see them 88 rising as a movement yeah. is important and the reason why i brought them up is not because not just because i like their music a lot i mean um i think they both have huge hits respectively but 88 rising if you go to the channel of theirs it's like their aesthetic is very much in that emo um lane i mean listen to the the yellow music yes, video of Rich exactly Brian's was incredible. It's one of my favorite songs. By like him, I think sure. the that's one of the lines that has stuck out to me like across the years is, "How do I disappear without anybody knowing?" Right. Like that's you got to be in like a really dark place to feel like that. And mm-hmm. I remember hearing that song at a time where I was kind of already predisposed to feel like that, and I was like, "Damn!" Like yeah. there's a realness to what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, and I think with them too, it's more so in subject matter because they're they are really on their own wave when it comes to their sound. Right. Um, <clears throat> Rich Brian also he did a very huge like one eighty from kind of almost becoming a like meme. a meme. No, he right. <laughs> I mean, from the name Rich Chicken, that ghost was face. He did get a ghost face kill feature off that. Yeah. Uh, and he was named Rich Chigga, and that, that is was very cringy. That stick was a meme. That was a good song though. <laughs> I didn't. I did not take it seriously. That's another one that Hakeem Bro. showed me. I was like, "No, dude, this this is not constructive." But I've been right though. He was on, yeah. My batting average is high. Yeah. On shit that I've shown you, that's blown up now. True. I haven't missed. No. Not that I know of. No, I I think really the only ones that I think you have showed me that I just can't really get with is the death grips. Death grips. I was that's just really about the to say. Ones. <laughs> um, but also, they're they're still very underground. Yeah. So. I mean, I think they always will be, which that's fine. Also, emo though. What I'm saying, Suicide Boys. Suicide Boys is is also, but then you have to talk about Three Six Mafia. Yeah, well, that's more so sound. That was yeah. Suicide Boys kind of got their sound, but as the the emo lyrics, Uh, Scar Lord's another one that kind of came. Scar Lord is very screamo though. Yeah, dude, he he. You want to talk about an original? Yeah, Scarlord. There ain't nobody on his wave. No. Uh, are there anybody else? No, man. But I, I think what, what's here to stay from from emo rap and from pop punk, is um, vulnerability. And I think that will always be, I think that will always be a part of hip hop now. Even Jay Z with four forty four, very, In, very, very introspective. Yeah. Introspective. I like that a lot, and um, I'm happy that we have that now in, in rap. That's it. That's it for emo rap. That's it. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Do you, I, I really do truly believe that the deaths of, of Juice and X and Mac really derailed this sound because this was starting to saturate everything. Like this was where hip hop was going to go from trap. And you had like the SoundCloud era and you had the trap people that came out of the SoundCloud era like Low Pump, Smoke Perp. And you just really, it felt like hip hop was at a crossroads and it was going two different ways and then you had all these notables die and now it's all kind of just i would say not really homogenous again but now we're looking like what's next i think we might have i think this pop punk thing is not going away anytime soon i think if anything it's going to get more rock because you have the people coming out now that are big 
<clears throat> like Kid Leroy, um, they're gonna go towards. They're they're also a lot of majority like, like white artists. I would say right now, in the sound, so I think it's gonna get very mid nineties, in rap for a while. I wouldn't mind that. <clears throat> I don't want to hear any more Machine Gun Kelly projects. I'm done. That's Tickets funny. to my downfall is, whew, it's garbage. I didn't really tune in. But Neon Shark, I'll take that. I'll take Trippy Red doing it. Yeah, I, I think it was pretty authentic going from Trippy Red. Yeah. Um, does that subpar YouTube music tell you what you've been listening to lately? Yeah. Does it have a reason? <laughs> I'm keep shitting. I'm going to just berate. I think. I think you're kind of. I think you were kind of intrigued by it though. I am. I, I may get it because I do like. To watch YouTube from time to time in the ad free. I'm telling you, ad free dude is life changing. Also, yeah, there's, there's a bunch so of movies. Yeah, I've heard that. And there's really the biggest thing, the biggest allure to me is the music in background. Mm hmm. Right. Um, yeah, it does tell me what I've been listening to. So, um, I've been listening to Drake's Scary Hours 2. Um, can we do can we do a quick fire of Drake's Scary Hours 2? Are you down with that? Let's pair that with Unlocked. Okay, okay, alright, we'll do that later this week. Stay tuned. But, let me just say, it, it bangs. I like, I like what I've listened to it through, I mean, being only three tracks, I've probably listened to it through about six times. Yeah. And I've enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, especially, I mean, the features were, both were solid. Anytime Rick Ross and, yeah. I mean, Rick Ross, I I don't think he's ever. They age like fine wine. The, The Drake and Rick Ross songs, honestly, Dice Pineapples, I can still go back to, um, what was it? Stay Scheming. Stay, stay Scheming's one. What was the the more recent one? Uh, Money in the Grave. Money in the Grave is crazy. Omerta. Yes. Yeah. See what I mean? Like they they have they have a lot of chemistry, and you can tell Drake just fucks with Rick Ross. Who doesn't? Yeah, that's true. I mean, he said some crazy shit sometimes. Uh, yeah. He, you don't even know it. He lost his Reebok deal on that shit, but he's Mister Consistent. Yeah, he is. Um. Oh man. Uh, Anderson Pac and Bruno Mars dropped. Yeah. Leave the door open. Grammy nomination. It's smooth as silk. Silk Sonic. Yeah. Grammy nomination coming. They'd be dumb not to get that. Listen, if they put out an album like I hope they will, I think it's coming. That that will win every Grammy. Yeah, the babies. So many babies will be consumed. Consumed. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) That's the end of Hooks, Lines, and Hip Hop. We've been canceled. Hooks, Lines, and Hip Hop eats babies. They're baby-eating Democrats. <laughs> Hashtag Pizzagate. <laughs> fucking weirdos. Um, but Leave the Door Open is, it's 70s warmth, yeah. but with with um HD sound. Like, HD sound recording, but like it was like they're in the 70s. Yeah. It's amazing, dude. It, Do you remember um, the song he did with Corday? Um, RNP. And it's uh-huh. You remember yes. how they dressed up like in like they had like the, the afros, the 70s afros right. and the mustaches. Like could you not see the two of them like in a movie together like yeah. playing out this album? This this I'm project this pro it's so high quality, so high budget, live instrumentation. It's it's beautiful. I don't think Anderson Anderson Pack hasn't sound better. Bruno Mars, me and Jenna said this, he showed so much range. I've never heard him sound like that. Yeah. It was incredible. I'm I'm excited for the whole project. Yeah, I really hope it comes out. Shout out to Silk Sonic. Please go listen. It had 8 million views in, I think it was one day. 8 million. That's insane. Um, Man on the Moon 3, I was listening to. I was listening to views. I was getting 
you know, Scary Hours 2 came out. I had to listen to views. Um, I've been listening to... I listened to a little bit of uh, Future, Dirty Sprite 2. Um, Unlocked 1.5 came out. Um, I'm not going to say my opinions on it yet. Because I haven't listened to it too much yet. And um, let's see if there's anything else. And Channel Orange. Frank Ocean. Classic. A hundred percent. So... <clears throat> Damn you for this. Speeding book that I'm listening to. Uh, Willie Nelson put out an album, and I mean, you, I know what you're thinking if you know anything about Willie Nelson. Be like, yeah, he did yesterday, and like three days before that, man has so many albums, but it's all jazz, and it's a lot of jazz covers. Right. Um, it's called That's Life. The cover art is really what allured me. I was like, this man's really standing out in the rain with the guitar, just smoking it. Yeah, we gotta ride out. Can we ride out to one of the tracks on yeah. there? So scary hours too. Like I said, played it through about six I hours. love it. Uh, I've been listening to my HLH Jacobs station. So if you want to follow me, Go follow music. Him. All the people that Akeem abandoned. Hey, you can become the most popular uh, Apple Music yeah. <laughs> account um, now. It's Sunday, so Jesus is King. Um, Be Free it was a single of J. Cole's old. Uh, he performed it on David Letterman first. Uh, I remember that, yeah. The, the That's very powerful. Yeah, the performance is very Who powerful. is, um, forgive me, who is that again? Oh, hang on. I don't remember who. Is it Derek Brown? No. Uh, look that up. Yes. Okay. Uh, I've been listening to the trilogy the weekend. We were laying in bed and tab, we always argue. It's always what, what to eat and what to listen to is always like we can never decide on. Michael Brown. Michael, Michael Brown. Brown. Rest in peace, Michael Brown. Um, I think Derek Brown is a player for the Panthers. Yes, I just, I'm trying might to be. figure out where I got Derek. I got I was half right. A uh, whole lot of red, really just for metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. Uh, still listening to only want to be with you, Post Malone. That's just that's going to be in permanent rotation, yeah. huh? Unlocked, one point five. Passion, pain, and demon slaying. Travis Scott radio always is in there. Still been listening to Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. Uh, <laughs> Al Green, Steve Miller Band, I think we played Abracadabra a yep. couple episodes ago. Slow Tie. Uh, and Slow Tie. Still in there, so. Have you gone back to Slow Tie at all? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, Aaron actually, Aaron put it on his Snapchat. I was like, damn, we, we put somebody onto it and he listened to it and I went back and I listened to it a couple more times. Shout out to Aaron. Thank you. He'd yeah. been on the podcast. Great friend. I, he was very, very kind to us. He's definitely a friend of the show. Best friend. Yes. Best friend uh, of the show. Yeah, he was very encouraging. Yes. About Thank you, Aaron. You're you're our number one fan. We love you so much, and you you're always welcome on. You want to pick the writing prompt this week, or you want me to go? You go. I feel like you do better than me. This is a good one. I hope we haven't done. I don't think we've done this one. All right. We need to start Xing these. Um, if you could sit down with any outlaw or criminal, past or present, who would it be? Why? What would you ask them? You don't have to answer all those. Right. But who, who would it be? A past criminal. Yeah. Um. I'm really big into mob movies, so I'd probably want to sit with Al Capone. Okay. And just... What you ask him? What's it like being the most powerful man in Chicago? He definitely was, I think, at one point. You know? Owning all the cops and stuff? I would ask him that. And... That, what's crazy is that hasn't gone away. It's just no. gotten sneakier. I think it's not as bad, though. You know what I mean? Like, cops aren't blatantly, like, 
taking bribes. There's secrecy to it now. Yeah, there's more checks and balances for it. Yeah, you can't be as blatant as you were back then. And I'm also playing the Godfather video game. I got, dude, I got, I I got an Xbox 360. I bought the Godfather game, dude. Oh my God. It's as good as I remember. I had it for PS2 when I was a kid. The Xbox 360 one has a few more details on it. It's so good. Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. Game library. Yeah, are really the oldest I can go back to and like really enjoy. Right. If I go, I, I got the PlayStation Classic. Like there's some PlayStation 2 games. Like, I remember how fun Battlefront 2 was on PlayStation 2, and I, like, searched. I ended up having to buy it on Amazon. It was, like, $25 for a copy right. of this game. Threw it in the PlayStation 2, and it was, like, so you couldn't play it. Like, I, I couldn't play it. Well, even on, like, um, even on Godfather, like, the frame drops, oh, man. They're they're noticeable, but I, I played, I spent so much of my time playing that game when I was younger. I, I love it, but Al Capone, for sure. Okay. And what? Wait, what was the last one? It was what would you? What, what would you? Would you ask? ask them? We would just say, who would it be? Why? Okay. All right. Uh, it's crazy. These are both kind of similar. John mm-hmm. Dillinger, right? Mine. He was kind oh, of. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. He was kind of like the modern day Robin Hood, and I'd never really heard of him until the Johnny Depp movie. Right. And like that movie really sparked my interest, and I started reading up about him, and it was crazy. He really like when he would rob a bank. That was a remake. You know yeah. that Public I didn't, Enemy. I didn't know it was a remake. Yeah, it's an it's a movie from like the, forties fifties time. But he was really like the modern day Robin Hood. He yeah. would not really, I mean, he didn't really give back to the poor. Right. But he wouldn't steal from individuals. It was only banks. Like when he'd go into a bank, he wouldn't mm-hmm. take from the people there. He'd be like, don't worry, we're taking the bank's money. Yeah. Not your money, which in turn is really their money, but it's insured. <laughs> exactly. Um, it hurts the banks. It doesn't really hurt the people. Yeah. I just I ask him how he did it. Like the man escaped jail several days. He's like, El Chapo. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, El Chapo no, would be. Oh, no, you know, no, no, I'd, no, no, I'd, I, yeah. I mean, they're fucked up. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, the, you know what else it is? I mean, Al Capone was fucked up. I'm sure Dillinger was was fucked up in his own way. But I was trying to think, like, uh, in general, I wouldn't want to sit with any criminal if I had the choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't imagine their company being like. Billy McFarland. <laughs> <laughs> That's a criminal you could have. A- Meaningful conversation. With. <laughs> it, I would have to. I would have to hang out with like. Hmm. Well, I, I really want a better one than Al Capone. Well, who's another is, one? Because this is actually kind of fun. Um, who's another one that you could well, maybe want to sit down? With? Gucci Mane. I was, See, about, I was about to point I said, out the hypocrisy because this is a rap podcast, and <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of rappers are also criminals, past or present. So. Oh shit! Right. So we, we wouldn't want to be rappers. in a room. We wouldn't want to be in a room with a criminal. That's a that's false. No, it's not that. It's just maybe for those serious crimes. Like I would want to. Okay, if if that's the case, maybe I would go with um, who's a rapper that's been arrested recently? I would say Kodak, but Kodak has some rape allegations, so I'm not trying to I hang mean, out with that. Even like Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle, yeah. Quavo, I think he said he's. Oh no, Offset. Yeah. I would want to hang out with Offset mainly to hang out with Cardi B. So it's like a twofer there. <laughs> no, I mean... I'd ask him, what's it like <laughs> dating Cardi B? Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. I don't know, I can't think of a... Is there... Is Lil there Wayne? A, Would you yeah. want to hang out with Lil Wayne? Yeah. Uh, no. No. I agree with Young Thug on that. Yeah. He's kind of a brat. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like... He's very entitled. Yeah, he's very outside of the norm of, like... He hasn't had a normal life in ever. 
<laughs> yeah. Since 11. Yeah. Um, I mean, is there... I can't think of any criminal that it could, like, justifiably be, like, an okay person. Like, any of the ones that have been glorified. Right. Well, like, I wouldn't want to hang out with, like, John Wayne Gacy or even Marilyn or Charles Manson. No. You know, like, why would you want to hang out with that? But there are some people that love what... You know, there are people who, like, follow serial killers. Yeah. That simp over serial killers. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's it's like the whole the whole part of being a serial killer is that they're manipulative, and it's like these are these would all have been potential victims. And also to link this back to what we've already talked about, it's kind of like an intro to a troubled mind. Like if you yeah. watch Silence of the Lambs, yeah, like oh, everybody yeah. is intrigued. A lot of times, Anthony Hopkins' character of like, yeah. the, of like how he thinks. Like the man ate people's brains. Yeah. And, like, well, it's like watching a train wreck. Yeah. You, you can't look away. That's yep. a cliche. It is, it is. Yep. We love, we love trauma in this country. Yes. And that's what we should that's leave. That's why the Keeping Up With Kardashians went 55 seasons. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 I got to point out some more hypocrisy. Would you buy the box set, though? Hell no. Oh. Um, Rock Forever 21, but still look 13. That's his follow-up. Uh, not his sister-in-law's anymore. Uh, but that's like your whole family, dude. Yeah, for sure. I'm so glad that's going off the air. That family is... It's a... You know, you can't... You gotta respect the hustle, but that's In about it. In all seriousness, I hope Kanye gets better. Yeah, um, we love Kanye. I hope Kim keeps up the the justice reform that she's yes. on. I, I think that is coming from a true place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good to but I'm see glad people. The Kardashians are ending. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to see them all the time. And also now you've got Charlie D'Amelio and her family taking over soon. All the TikTok kids are gonna be taking that spot soon. And my uh, funeral up next. Yep. Yeah. Little wins? Probably. No. Oh. <laughs> about all these kids being up next. And I was yeah. like, my funeral up next after that. Yeah. Oh, man. Too old. I hate TikTok. I hate Too it. old. All right, guys. I think that's it. All right. Thank you so much for listening. This is That's Life by Willie Nelson. Thank you, guys. When I'm back on top, back on top in June, I say that's life. And it's for my dad. It may seem. Some people get a big old kick out of stomping on a dream. Well, I don't let it. Get me down Cause this old world Just keeps Spinning